Welcome to the Blessed Be Birth podcast, a place to talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and motherhood through the lens of the Catholic faith. I'm Maggie, birth doula and birth assistant. And I'm Gabby, birth doula and postpartum nurse. Join us for a conversation about pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and how we can invite God in. Hi. Hello. Happy, happy, beautiful day. I know. Happy Friday. Oh, I can't, I can't believe, I mean, the weeks, I think like the days and weeks are starting to go by faster since it's already May. Like there's a lot of things happening. I think May usually things like start to pick up, like all the exciting mm-hmm. things in life. Yeah. I feel like everybody starts to come alive. Like, oh my gosh, it's finally spring. It's finally yeah. warm, like consistently. Yeah. Um, and I know we've been getting outside a lot, which has been super nice. So you just, everybody just feels, I feel like more energized and just like excited for summer. Like, you know, all the, you know, all the barbecues and the stuff like that is coming. Oh yeah. And all the events like are, well, we don't have like, we don't have a ton just because um, Lily's only in kindergarten, but I mean, they have their field day coming up and then there's going to be end of the year parties coming up. And um, which I, th- I, I think it's really, ex- I mean, it's just an exciting time of year. We've been starting I've been like slowly starting to like get things out in the garden which is really fun and starting to just like you said spend more time outside and hopefully getting some more vit- much needed vitamin d after like a week of rain Seriously. which is so needed oh yeah. yeah yeah I think we're just gonna live outside it's gonna be great that's that's our plan and we get a lot of shade in the afternoon in the back so it's like perfect for you know what it's like peak hotness even in the summer it's nice and i'll usually pull out like a little the little pool or splash pad or something in the summer oh. so we're gonna well, live you out have there. to i mean you yeah. have to especially like where my mom um she worked with um my mom's teacher and so one of the teachers she worked with is was from uh, mississippi and she always joked she's like oh virginia we're southern light up here like you know we're still part <laughs> of the south but like it's more like the light version of it. Um, and so it's just funny because I think once like, yeah, like the end of June, July hits, it's just if you're outside, you have to be in some form, shape of water. Um, otherwise, it's just so humid and there's mm-hmm. just like it's just not happening. So I'm like trying to enjoy being outside as much as possible right now. Uh, while there's like the breeze and low humidity and you know you can go outside without like sweating to death in the middle of the day (laughs) yeah because I'm not like a I don't love the heat or the humidity but like I know it's good so I feel like if I get out in the spring and I can like work myself up then like middle of July isn't quite as bad you know (laughs) yes yeah or when hell's front porch comes in August that inevitably happens around here don't know about everyone else who's listening but you know, all of our <laughs> lovely seasons. So, yeah, it's just beautiful. A beautiful time of year. It really is. Yeah, I'll take it. So, birth news or anything to share with us? Oh, my gosh. Let's see. I actually have had a really nice break. So, I had a really um, busy time in, like, March and April. I think at one point in April, I had, like, three or four births in a week and a half and it was just it was a lot um but I kind of knew on the other end of it I would have this like nice long break because I don't have anyone due for another like couple weeks so it's been nice to to just enjoy time with the family um 
you know, starting to pick up some more call time for birth assisting and such. So that'll slowly start picking up. But it's just nice to like know, like we could go to like a birthday party um, last weekend. And, you know, like this weekend, we'll probably, if it's nice out, we'll probably go on a hike somewhere like down in the um, National Park at Shenandoah because we love it down there. So I'm, I just, I'm enjoying, I'm excited um, to like enjoy this time off, but I'm also like, getting to the point where I'm itching to get back into it, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. But that's funny. We were thinking of going to the Shenandoah National Park tomorrow, and then I saw it was going to be rainy, so maybe we'll go see Oh, psh, but yeah, never mind. That was- oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, <sighs> clearly I've stopped looking at the forecast. Um- <laughs> right? I know. I was like, Cam, that's what I want to do for Mother's Day. I want to go to Shenandoah National Park like all day Saturday, just like hang out, have a nice outdoor family day. So I was like, I'm going to check the weather this morning. I was like, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of families' plans will kind of be derailed from that because I know, yeah, that's what we did for Mother's Day last year's. I, I mean, I love being obviously being outside. And so like everyone, you know, we went to um, a state park down the road and it was so nice and beautiful. And um, I was like hoping we could kind of do that again. But mm, I guess not. I didn't realize it was going to rain. So well done. <laughs> no. <laughs> Plans change. <laughs> Plans do. change. They do. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Speaking of. We are talking birth. about the. um about movement and birth. Sorry, I had a brain fart there. Um, but I even pulled out my Ina May's Guide to Childbirth when preparing for this Ooh. one. Because she always has some good insight. And she even has like a whole chapter on this one. Um, Ooh, if you that's have a good her, one. Yeah, if you have her book, um, Ina May's Guide to Childbirth, um, it's chapter seven. And the title of it is, I think, Giving, giving Birth, Moving Freely let gravity work for you. And I think that right there just kind of explains why moving is so important in birth. So we're going to tackle that conversation today because that's a big one, especially if you're giving birth in a hospital. It doesn't happen that often. So maybe you can explain a little bit of what does happen in the hospital. Um, I mean, it depends on the mom. It depends on your provider, depends on your support team. But um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, going into my first birth, I didn't even know movement was a thing. Did you like that? It was a big thing and that mattered. Um, I did, but only because I took the Bradley method course and otherwise I would not have known. I thought you, you, you know, you went to the hospital and you just kind of sat in bed or laid in bed. And and I think it's because like, that's what we see on TV. Um, that's like what we hear from other people talking about. Like it, it sounds like when people are talking about it or you watch it on TV, like labor just happens to you and you just kind of like sit there and let it happen. Um, but that's not actually how it's supposed to go because if you really just allow yourself, I think this is how I feel. Um, to follow like your natural instinct while there's periods of rest that you need to take while laboring your instinct is going to be like get up and moving because things like swaying or um like lunging just feel naturally good when you're in labor when there's a reason for that because both work together in labor they are a team um and so 
Well, mom is doing different movements throughout, whether like you said, walking, even laying down on your side, but having your legs um, just open to allow that space, um, you know, standing, sitting, lunging, hands and knees, like there's just so many different positions. Um, so mom's moving, but baby's moving too, because they go through what are called the cardinal movements um, of rotating through the pelvis, because the pelvis which I never, like, when I was in high school or college, took anatomy. Um, I'm, like, learning about it more, you know, now, but which I wish I had known more beforehand. But the pelvis does have a distinct shape where it is wider at the top and narrower at the bottom. Um, and, um, you know, the top part is wider, the bottom part's narrower, but it's, like, in a different, like, oval. So the top part of the pelvis is wider where it has the long oval, and then the bottom part of the pelvis is more like circular. So it's a smaller and it's like on the other, it's oriented the other way. So baby has to turn to go through that pelvis and movements help baby encourage baby to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, again, going back to like our bodies are made for this. And when we really understand that, um, there's just so much more confidence we have going into birth and understanding that like you and baby are working together because you were made to do this. Like that mm-hmm. instinct is God given. Um, and our bodies were literally designed to do this. Um, it's just, yeah. I don't know. It's just incredible when you really, like you said, you understand the anatomy and then you just understand that like God designed us so perfectly. Yeah. It all just, it all just works together. It just comes together. Um, yeah, such intentionality. It really mm-hmm. is. I mean, and and whether like some people that knowing the anatomy may be extremely helpful because they're more, you know, like scientifically minded or like to know things and know how things work. Um, and then some people that just may not be helpful at all. But like knowing that that is what is supposed to happen, because that's the beautiful design and the intentional design behind it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think I know for me, when I was in labor with Sydney, especially like moving just made me feel better. I felt like I was doing something actively, um, which I think sometimes you miss when you're laying in bed and you're um, in the hospital with the, what are they called, Maggie? Oh my gosh. I lost my train of thought. Uh, the continuous fetal monitoring like the straps okay yeah we go and um I've talked about this before but like I know for me that makes me feel kind of like tied down and uncomfortable and I'm claustrophobic so when I'm laying in the bed and then you have like these extra straps and your stomach's contracting and stuff like there's so much happening and for me it feels like an overload of stuff but when I was able to just like walk around in my labor with Sydney and like sway and just move how I needed to. Um, I just felt better, like physically and mentally. I felt like, okay, I'm doing the work. I'm doing something. We're working together. Whereas in laying in bed, I, I those contra- contractions feel a lot stronger and more intense because you're just kind of laying there and they're happening to you. Whereas if you're standing, um, you can kind of get into a position or even, you know, hands and knees, something that's more comfortable. Um, so uh, being allowed to move freely, um, and 
in your labor is something really important. And I always tell people, make sure that's something you talk to your provider about beforehand, because you want to know what their protocol is. And a lot of hospitals, you know, will just put you right on the electronic fetal monitoring continuously, but they may have a protocol where they just put it on you for the first 20 minutes. Um, like the hospital where I was going to deliver or where I did deliver Ryland. Um, and then they let you kind of walk around, do your thing. Um, even if, you know, they put in a saline lock, um, like an IV, they, if you're not hooked up to anything, those, you know, you can still walk around and you have these options. Um, you just have to make sure you, like you ask about it and you know, um, but staying home, walking around, doing all those things um, before going to the hospital are just good things to put on your birth plan if that's what's important to you. Absolutely. And uh, there is a lot, though, to be said with choosing a different position that feels good. Obviously, Mm -hmm. good is a very relative term. In labor, nothing probably feels good. Um, And there is a certain (laughs) point where nothing is really going to really change things either, just because the sensations, the surges, the pressure is just going to be so much that the only thing that's going to relieve that is by having your baby. However, there might be a time where it feels really good to squat. It feels really good to lunge. And that is baby's way of communicating to you. I need you to open up this part of the pelvis so I can do my job and move in the way that I need to move. So that is the beauty of having the ability and the freedom to move and also not having medications as well. So medications, they do serve a purpose um, Mm -hmm. and are a very useful tool. But a downside to them is that they do take away that communication between mom and baby of what baby needs in order to maneuver easier through the pelvis. Um, And obviously the most common one with that is an epidural because that does confine you to the bed. You're not able to walk. Um, there are There is such a thing as a walking epidural. It's not very common here in the United States. That's a more popular thing over in Europe. Um, if your hospital does offer that, where it's a lighter version of it, you can probably, I've heard that you can get up around mm-hmm. the bed, but you can't move beyond the bed. Like you always kind of need to be holding onto something just because your legs still are a bit heavier. Um, but it does... For the most part, if you just get a regular epidural in your average hospital, um, you're now confined to the bed and you can't move. And then gravity is not working in your favor because when you're stagnant and you're not moving with baby, it makes it harder for baby to make those turns and rotations. And that's another reason why labor can tend to be longer whenever there is medication that is involved. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like you said, the gravity thing is just so important, which if you look back, you know, traditionally up until, you know, not too long ago, most women were giving birth in an upright position, like typically a squatting position um, or even hands and knees. And it's, you know, way back when, when women were giving birth, you know, let's just talk about this for a second. Like it was, it was an instinctual thing and the people surrounding women in those, you know, in that situation, they were just supporting her and they knew that she knew and baby knew, you know, how to give birth, you know, baby just knows, like Maggie has been saying this whole time, you know, the movements that they need to make. It's, you know, 
they just do. And we all know that things can go unexpectedly and sometimes they go, you know, poorly or um, you can have what's called a dysfunctional labor pattern and maybe baby's in a different position and maybe it's because of, you know, the way your pelvis is, um, you know, shaped or maybe it's just a little torqued or whatever. But normally, you know, your body and baby's body, they know what they're doing because as we said, we're made for that. And before we had, you know, the hospitals and all of this stuff, women were just giving birth. Okay. We've been giving Mm -hmm. birth for centuries. And the fact that we're just doubting that instinct to stand and move and let gravity do its thing and help us in birth. Um, and we're just telling women that, you know, hop in bed and, you know, we'll give you that epidural. You don't have to move. You don't have to feel anything. And then we're going to put your, you know, feet up on the stirrups and you're going to give birth on your back. It just goes against everything that has been done by people for centuries. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just mind boggling that, you know, we say that we've come so far with, you know, modern medicine and all that. And yet, we have completely forgotten the fact that we as humans have this instinct inside of us. And so does our baby to give birth because we were designed to do this. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know. That to me is just wild that we have just completely forgotten that, you know, and we think that we know better as, you know, the OBs and the nurses and, you know, the providers in the room that we know more and, that's a side ramp, but I just, I feel like that's just wild to me when you think about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were just talking about this before we, I guess, hit the record button, but um, how, <laughs> gosh, you can look back in Exodus, the first chapter of Exodus, where it talks about the midwives, the God-fearing midwives who refused Pharaoh's decree to kill the newborn babies um, because they knew God and they knew that you know his plan and they knew him and they feared him more than they feared Pharaoh and even says the God-fearing midwives um and that's it's like one of my favorites now where I'm like yeah like they're pretty badass about that like that's awesome (laughs) um but that even shows that that type of care like Abby was saying centuries and centuries ago and um like Praise to Jesus for modern medicine. Um, epidurals are wonderful tools when absolutely needed. Um, you know, being able to have different medications when absolutely needed. Like, praise praise God for those inventions. Um, but keep in mind, majority of births are normal. Low-risk births, low-risk pregnancies, where if we just let mom be and let her do her thing, helping when she needs it and when she says she needs it, um, baby and mom are going to work together and know what to do. Because like Gabby said, we were made to do this. Um, And so giving mom that freedom to move is amazing. Because one of my favorite things when I'm at a birth especially, you know, a mom who is at like a birth center birth or home birth. And there's like, you know, everyone's just like really leaving her be. It's very quiet. It's just seeing the movements that she'll start to make on her own. And she'll like 
like even just moving her hips in a figure eight or doing some little squats or all of a sudden instinctually without being prompted puts her leg up on a chair because that's what she needs in that moment. Um, and that is incredible because that is how her and her baby are working together. And it really is a beautiful thing. It's not easy. You know, birth isn't easy. It's called labor for a reason. But that movement and utilizing gravity, which if anyone took physics, like I loved physics <laughs> in high school. I'm a big fan. Love physics. You yes. know how important gravity is. I'm assuming you don't like it. No. <laughs> Good for you, though, Maggie. We need those people. <laughs> hey, remember, I was going to be a meteorologist at one point, and I was studying physics and all that fun stuff. It was great. Good um, for you. I, <laughs> with me and chemistry for other people, I'm like, oh, good on you for chemistry. Good on you for, <laughs> you know, biology. And now look what I'm doing. It's amazing. Yeah, look <laughs> but um but there is such an importance for gravity where you know we we know this even just basic like you didn't have to take physics but you know the importance of gravity and how it works um and when you go against gravity how much harder it is when you're trying to you know even as something as simple as like jumping really high and how hard people and track stars have to work to get up really high when they're doing a high jump by themselves because she takes a lot of energy to do that um and it's the same thing in birth where if you're working against gravity and you're laying on your back and you're trying to even push while laying on your back you're literally pushing upward like baby's going up because that's how our pelvis uh curls essentially curls mm -hmm. upward. And so you're pushing baby up versus changing up and moving and even changing positions while pushing can help move baby down because it's all downward thoughts. Down is the way to go um, because you're not going against gravity. And again, it's the intentionally designed for that reason. Yeah, yeah. I just, and I also think the um, importance of movement in pregnancy um, and including that in your daily life can help you with labor and birth because like we are saying, standing upright, that gravity, that movement, it can help like balance everything out. And if you know anything about spinning babies, that's kind of their whole thing is those daily essentials help get your body um, and baby into like the optimal position. And yes adding in just like walking or sitting upright or doing some hands and knees like every day in your pregnancy, especially later on, um, can really help you when you go into labor and birth. And I, I, I really wonder, and you tell me what you think, Maggie, because, you know, spinning babies is rather a new thing. And obviously mm -hmm. we, we can't go back and we don't know what birth has been like since the beginning, you know, in depth. But do mm -hmm. you think that the fact that we live such a sedentary lifestyle has given us reason for things like spinning babies to like come around? Because yes, okay. yes, okay. yes, That's 100%. I mean, it's the same thing with um, how we're more vitamin D deficient now because we're not being outside as much anymore. We're staying inside. Um, fairly often throughout the day whereas you know in the past a lot of people would be outside not only doing work around the house but also you know in the olden days they'd be like hunting and they'd be you know planting their gardens and just outside a lot more so they're absorbing all that vitamin d from the sun it's the same concept with you know we're sitting more in the car 
we're sitting more at our desks. We're laying down to relax. Like, you know, all these things in moderation are fine. But when we're doing that on an everyday basis, and that is a majority of our life, or if you're, you have an office job and you're sitting or you're driving because you're making that commute, whether it's to take your kids to school, whether it's to get to work, whether it's to do errands, like we are just sitting more. Um, and yeah, absolutely. It's, it is something where I'm sure it existed though. You know, posterior babies are always a thing. Like wonky position babies are always a thing and they always will be a thing, but yeah, no, I, it definitely is a contributing factor for sure. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Something to think about. I think, especially, you know, if you are pregnant and you're getting close to like the third trimester, just really adding, like, you don't need to do this rigorous, you know, exercise program to prepare yourself for, um, labor and birth, because again, your body is made to do this. It can do this. Um, I mean, both Maggie, I mean, I, I don't think I had nearly as bad as Maggie, but we had both had, um, you know, hard pregnancies with some of our kids and like, you can still, you know, if you haven't exercised at all during pregnancy, like, and you feel, you know, malnourished or anything like women can still give birth, um, feeling that way. So you don't need to, you know, do CrossFit while pregnant. You can, you know, I'm sure, but, um, but <laughs> adding in those things, like just, you know, a small walk or, um, sitting upright more and more, just being mindful of that positioning to again, help gravity, help your pelvis. Um, there's just so many little things you can do like that. So that way, when you get to labor, it's, you know, it's, it's a little easier on you. And, um, you know, hopefully we don't know what it's going to be like, but, that's the desire. We don't want anybody to suffer during, you know, labor. Um, so yeah, just pay attention to those movements, you know, really understand that you are in charge of your birth. Um, and just remember, like if nobody else, like if your provider or anyone else in your life is reminding you of this, like, just remember you're made to do this. You were designed to do this. So trust your instinct. I think that's the biggest thing I tell people is like, just trust your instinct. Because if we're not telling moms that, like Maggie said, like, how is she going to know that that feeling to um, that urge she's having to like squat or lunge? Like, should she follow that? Like, we have to build up that confidence in women because we've really lost that um, with the way that birth has gone in the last like 100 years or so. Yeah, and that starts with, li- with listening to your body in pregnancy. Uh, maybe we talked about this before, but the more you are in tune with your changing body and even, like, the movements you're doing um, every day, like, gosh, if you haven't already, go check out Spinning Babies. I, I mm-hmm. always highly recommend that to families, um, doing the, like, checking out their daily essentials. If you could pick, like, three or four of them to do every day, do it. Um, walking is huge, but... You know, if you're listening to your body and you're you're going on a walk and you all of a sudden you're like, I'm tired, like providers will tell you, really good ones should tell you, like, don't push yourself in pregnancy. Pregnancy is not a time to push yourself through something because you're trying to meet a goal or, you know, hit a mark or, or with, with your training, with running, whatever your workout it may be, or even if you just walk a lot and you're like, I want to reach X amount of miles today. Pregnancy isn't a time to do that. Same with postpartum, but the more you're listening to your body in pregnancy, the more you're able to listen to your body in labor and the more you're able to listen to your body in postpartum and beyond. 
Um, and that goes with any type of movement that goes with any type of feeling and sensation and just like anything, it takes practice. And so starting to do it now, wherever you are in your journey, uh, whether you're, you know, like a few weeks pregnant or many months pregnant, like just, or you're just, or you're postpartum or you're just a mother in motherhood in the midst of motherhood, like just starting to listen to your body and that's going to build up your, your trust in your own instincts, mm -hmm. your trust in your own intuition, because um, you know your body best. And, and that's going to help you with labor with future labors. Um, and even then just, you know, being a mom and knowing when something doesn't feel right. And when you need to stop and slow down and take a break and rest, so you're better able to take care of yourself to take care of your family. Um, it's all connected. It is. And mm -hmm. it, it but it all does take practice, it isn't going to be a change overnight. Um, and that is something that is important to remember too, that it is an ever, an everlasting, uh, lifestyle change of learning to listen to your body with the movements that you're making. Um, like I know I can't do lunges anymore when I'm <laughs> at the gym. It hurts my knee after I had knee surgery. And as much as they want to push through and do it, if I do, I know I'm going to pay for it the following day or days because my knee hurts. So mm -hmm. I don't do them anymore. I just don't. Is it frustrating? Yeah, I really like to work out and lift. But um, I know I just physically can't do those anymore. And so I've finally given in, quote, given in and listened to my <laughs> body. And I know I can't do those anymore. And that's okay. I can do other things. But yeah, so just start listening to your body and the movements and the changes that are happening um, now. And that's going to help you in the long run. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because we really, you know, we rely so much on the medical system um, to tell us what to do with our bodies and what's the best way um, to do this or that. And or even just like, you know, listening to the other people in our life, you know, like what works for them. You know, we think like, oh, well, that's what I should be doing to live a healthy lifestyle. But, you know, like Maggie said, you have to, you know do what feels right for you. Like for me, for example, I can't do um, intense cardio workouts anymore because it makes my autoimmune disease flare up. And it took me a while to learn that because I thought like, well, that's what you have to do. It's, it's good for you. It gives you energy. It, you know, it helps with anxiety and just overall health. And then I was like, well, I feel like garbage and I can't get out of bed the next couple of days after doing, you know, a, mm -hmm. a hit workout or something. And, you know, I used to beat myself up about it. And now it's like, oh, my body just doesn't thrive when I do that. So let me try this. And now I feel better. And you know, I can take care of myself that way. So just trusting your gut when it comes to that. And just, you know, like she said, that's going to help you in motherhood so much. Yeah. So you know, moving is good. Um, but another thing is, uh, I want to touch on this before we finish up is that same thing with listening to, you know, your gut um, when it comes to birth and movement, but when you feel like you need to rest during labor, that's good too. listen to your body. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you do need to just lay there and maybe that's what your body needs. Um, maybe your body is telling you that it just needs you to lay here and rest and relax. So everything, you know, your pelvic floor can relax. Um, maybe that's going to help you dilate more or, you know, or, give you the strength to, you know, to get through that pushing stage. And you know, it's just, 
important to listen. And even while you're laying there, there are things, you know, you can do to help open your pelvis, you know, those peanut balls that are, you know, it's like the same material as a birth ball. It's just shaped like a peanut. Like those can, in certain positions, really help you, you know, open up your pelvis. Um, and, or even sitting on a birth ball, you know, that's, that's, you know, you're still sitting, but that's a way to move. And, um, those can be really good tools in labor, um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, sitting in the bathtub that, you know, that's a great way to cope, um, with labor. So again, sitting on the toilet, sorry, (laughs) love the toilet. (laughs) <laughs> love the toilet literally my last one of my last moms I had just like labored half her time on the toilet and I loved it it's so good so effective and it's a great way to rest too because some women don't like to sit on the birth ball um mm-hmm. I was not a birth ball fan I wasn't like maybe in pregnancy but it sometimes if, if baby's just so low mm-hmm. and you just feel like you're sitting on a bowling ball it just it does for some women it's just not comfortable but then you feel like you can't sit because everything is just a hard surface and it doesn't feel good. So that's where like sitting on a toilet or a birth stool can be amazing, an amazing tool, an amazing form of movement as well, too. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And even like, again, with the birth ball, if you don't like sitting on it, um, you can lean on it and, you know, use that. I, I did that a lot in my pregnancy with Sydney. Instead of like just being on my hands and knees, you kind of rest your your chest and arms on the birth ball and you can like rock and sway. So there's all these ways to move during labor, but it doesn't mean you're like up and doing a marathon, you know. Please don't like that. Like, no, but that, but that's so true is that some women do think that the more that you move and the earlier that you move and the more, con- you know, that you walk your baby out, where like women will go on miles and miles and miles long walk to get labor started. They'll do it to get labor moving and early labor. It's, it's not no amount of walking is going to help your baby be born faster. Mm-mm. Um, And that is a mistake that a lot of women make. And all it's going to do is just exhaust you. It really is like, just let early labor happen. Don't move. Like don't feel like once you start feeling those early surges that you need to start moving immediately and doing all the things and trying all the things you're just going to exhaust yourself and your husband and your birth team. So Mm -hmm. just allow that movement to come naturally because it will once the surges and labor start to pick up more um, because that's, it typically tends to be when women like to start moving more is when you can't really sit or lay through them as much. And that's why it's important to take those times to rest, especially in early labor when you can lay through them, when you can sit through them. Um, Cause yeah, and, and it's not going to walking miles is not going to induce labor. It's just not like if your body's not ready, it's not, walking 12 miles is not going to do later. We, I tried, I tried it for a week (laughs) with my first, she did not come. She didn't. Um, and I walked miles around Pittsburgh with my husband. It was just, it wasn't a thing. And so please do not exert overexert yourself to try to get your baby to come or to try to speed up labor when it's an early labor, when contractions are far apart, when they're spaced out, when they're only 30 seconds, do not, do not try to overexert yourself and do all the things right away. You're just going to exhaust yourself. You are. Yeah, which also can end up prolonging labor because your body's just like, hey, you are exhausted. You're not ready to push out a baby. So you need to rest, you know? Yeah. So be very mindful of that. And I know it's hard. 
as a first time mom, like hearing these things when you're like, oh, you're just, you're going to, you know, understand what it feels like. I, you know, even like thinking of a contraction, you know, people always tell you, well, you'll, you'll know when it's a contraction. It's like, well, will I, like, I don't know. And then you finally, you know, you feel that first contraction and you're like, oh, that's what a contraction feels like. But until you experience birth, you don't really, you, don't, you have no idea what it's like. And that can be really scary for us especially when we're telling you like these things are just like a gut instinct. You're going to know what it feels like. You're going to know, you know, how to move. And you might just be like, oh yeah, you're just saying that. Like everybody says that, but what does it mean? We can't tell you what that means, but I promise you, you will understand in that moment. Like it's just, it takes over something I think just takes over when you're in labor and birth and your body just does what it needs to do. Same thing with baby. They're doing it. Um, so yeah. just, just, you know, don't stress about like, well, am I going to know what to do? Am I going to know what to do? You will. Um, if you have to think about it or mm-hmm. ask yourself, is that a contraction? Probably not. It's probably not too early to even care. If you got to ask yourself or really think hard, like, shoot, am I timing? Was that a contraction? Was that a surge? And then it's not time to time. Then it's not time. It isn't. You're going to drive yourself crazy you are and like and then you're gonna be like well people told me that I would know and then as soon as more active begins it's like oh shoot yeah I know oh yeah yep there's and you'll even it's funny we all kind of do this where you go back and and look even at your at your birth story when you're trying to process and you're like oh yeah that was the point that is when you can almost pinpoint it like most women majority of women can pinpoint when things officially started for them and it was way later than what they originally thought. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Especially yeah. for a first time, especially. So just don't stress about it. If you got to think about it, you're not in labor. Yeah. Then go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, I think it's the same thing with movement. Like you don't even think it feels good. You just like hip swing or like kind of bouncing up and down like little squats like you just do it your body just does those things because the urge is so strong um yeah so don't stress about like oh well this is how I'm gonna want to move or do like you'll just do it you will um but you have to trust it you have to trust God you have to you have to have that relationship with him to just understand that like he made you for this and you know you Mm -hmm. you can do this you're designed to do this amen and having a, a good birth team that you also trust as well too, where some women sometimes do feel just overwhelmed by the surges Mm. that are happening or the sensations. And then they feel almost like stuck and trapped of like, I don't know what to do next. Like they're just like shocked and like, I don't know what to do next. And so having a good birth team who are able to number one, recenter you and just like help you to just get back into the moment, help you get back into your body um, to just be able to further um, go through and cope with the sensations and get through each one individually. But also too, when you have that good birth team, they're able to make those little suggestions based off of what they're seeing, based on labor patterns, how things are going, how fast things are moving and are able to see like, why don't you try this position? see how like do a couple of surges in that position and let me like and let's see how that feels or if that changes anything and that's the same with pushing as well too it's like why don't you try a few pushes in this position and see how that feels for you does it feel the same does it feel different um but having a birth team who is 
making that suggestion versus and but then also knowing too if there's a time where position change is needed because of you know something that's happening or going on they're able to effectively communicate that to you and you've built up that trust with them so you know like oh they mean business right now but i trust what it is that they're doing is going to help me and my baby Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's so true which another you know like she said have a good birth team but like a doula specifically can really help with that, especially if you're in the hospital. They're that kind of person that you've built up that relationship with. Um, and you have them there for you, you know, for support, for guidance. Um, if you feel stuck, they're going to, you know, you're, they're going to help you out of that. They're going to talk you through it. Um, and they're going to get you through it. So hire me doula if you can. Absolutely. Please do it. You, you well, won't regret it. Yeah. And it also helps too. Because remember, nurses, they have their role. So they're not in your, the room with you the entire time. They can't see what is happening um, and how you're reacting to a specific position or how baby's reacting to a specific position. Because sometimes babies don't like certain positions based on where the cord is, based on where they're located in the pelvis. Like I've seen many labors before where baby did not like mom laying on her like cert- a certain side, like a left side or a right side. And we would figure that out. Baby's heart rate would go down. And as soon as we got her off that side, she was fine. So we just it, like avoided that side. But because I was there when that happened and was able to notice those things, we are able to make adjustments accordingly because, you know, or like a mom who really didn't like a certain position because it didn't feel good. It made things like worse. And so it's like, great, let's avoid that position. And when someone would come in and suggest to be like, yeah, we tried that. This was what the results were. Um, so we're not we're not going to do that right now, or at least for a while, because we've already tried that position. Um, so just being able to have, you know, a, a doula, especially in the hospital, who is able to just see the more of the entirety of labor versus just little like pictures here and there little snapshots you're able to better like know what movements might be more beneficial for mom if she needs some help and some more extra guidance with what to do yeah yeah that's so great I don't think I have anything more to add on the topic what do you think Maggie Uh, my final thing is if you can take anything away from this (laughs) is um, please do hands and knees if you're pregnant twice a day for 10 minutes each time. 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening. The more work you can put in while you are pregnant in your different movements and being intentional with them, the better your labor could be and the the less work you could be doing during labor, potentially, if baby's in a good position. So just be mindful of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's like my thing. Hands and knees is amazing. Work with gravity. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing, amazing movement. Yes. All right. I love that. Well, I think I think that's it, Maggie. I think that's all we got today. <laughs> I think so. And happy, I guess, related Mother's Day to all you mothers who are listening. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend with family and, and with or with your own mothers. Um, and being able also to connect with our blessed mother because she is a beautiful example of motherhood. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to blessed be birth podcast. Please know that none of the information shared on this podcast is medical advice and should not be taken as such. 
If you want to connect with us, please follow us on Instagram at Blessed Be Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast today, please subscribe and leave us a review so we can continue to reach even more amazing, faithful women. Thanks so much. And remember to invite God in.